So welcome for another uh, Crypto Talks Wednesdays. As usual, uh, we are running <laughs> and doing, trying to create some excellent contact with especially our beautiful guests. Each one of our guests has a beautiful story that he will share with us uh, soon. I'm going to take them uh, ladies first and then uh, we'll have the gentlemen uh, next. I think each one of them is really sharing story. Each one of them is really sharing his unique experience. Was it Dr. Shuruk, a seasoned NFT or actually a seasoned and uh, then it followed with the NFT world. And then later on, we'll have our friend to the show, Michel Khazza'a from France, joining us to talk more about what is happening with the Bitcoin and why the power consumption after a heavy research that was highlighted by recently also Nasdaq, why that Bitcoin actually uses much, much, much less than original uh, inception where every time we had that uh, conversation, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is using power. Bitcoin is creating havoc. Bitcoin is actually not a good environmental solution. Without further ado, let me welcome Shuru. Here. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Hi, Rudy. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. How's everything? Good. 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 All is well. Excellent. Exactly. For our audience, if you don't mind just introducing yourself, who you are, what, and then we'll go into the NFT space. But first, I would love to understand what is your background, uh, and then we'll, we'll go from there. My name is uh, Shuruq Amin. I am an artist from Kuwait. I have a PhD in art and poetry. I'm a published poet as well. Um, I've been a traditional artist for 30 years. My first solo was in 1993, and I've you know, I've been getting, a, you know, being successful and uh, like creating a lot of pioneering steps in the field of art uh, as an artist from the region. I was the first Kuwaiti artist to be auctioned at Christie's Auction House. I was the first Kuwaiti artist uh, to be at the Venice Biennale, uh, the first uh, to be uh, interviewed by Stephen Sacker on BBC's very, very tough uh, hard talk uh, program, <laughs> uh, a lot of things like that. So thankfully, I've had a very rich career in my 30 years. And um, it was basically two years ago at the start of the pandemic that I decided to get into uh, NFTs and uh, and crypto. So would you like to know why I got into NFTs and crypto? Yeah, actually, <laughs> actually, that, that's, that's, that's this thing where, you know, we have different audience coming in. They would love to hear your story, but they would love to hear also how do they, you know, because I, I'm sure you didn't, you didn't have that much of a possibly technical background or a crypto background. Uh, and then how did it happen? Was it easy, you know, sharing that experience with us? It would be excellent. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing. My work is very sociopolitical. So I, um, uh, I talk about topics that are taboo, that no one wants to talk about, topics in society that people like to hide under the rug. And so for that reason, my work was censored and banned in my country uh, for a while. The okay. last time it happened was January 2020, a month, like just right before the pandemic. And it was my 16th solo show. And it was physically shut down by the authorities. Um, and unfortunately, the paintings were removed and 
the artwork was banned because it was too much for the for the for for the society at the at the time. Uh, so a month later, pandemic hits. I'm home like the rest of the planet, and I discovered NFTs. And the thing that drew me to NFTs and you know the decision to start in into crypto and Web three uh, and NFTs and create a gallery in the metaverse was the fact that NFTs are you know they they are them being non fungible tokens and them being transparently on the blockchain that means they cannot be censored they cannot be banned they cannot be removed whatever art I create an NFT is going to stay there on the blockchain good. And this was yeah. a very attractive deal for me. It was like, okay, this sounds like this sounds like a platform I should be on. It makes sense for me to be on this platform, you know. So I did. I started reading. I started uh, researching, being googling, you know, all of that, and just trying to uh, redo my due diligence. Really educate myself, listening to a lot of people, um, checking out a lot of projects downloading all the crypto wallets I could think of <laughs> and by trial and error, realizing what works and what doesn't work in the region, in the Middle East. So, you know, I tried all, all sorts of wallets and I found that, okay, this wallet, I can't connect it to my MetaMask. I thought I need to have a middleman wallet. Uh, this wallet doesn't work. I need this wallet to connect to my Kuwaiti credit card, all sorts of things. So a lot of trial and error and a lot of research and education, right? And uh, that's kind of how I started. And I I uh, started on Foundation and OpenSea, as most people start on OpenSea, because it's widely available for everyone. And the first thing I thought of, okay, the thing I should do is I should uh, mint all the artworks that were banned and put them as a collection of NFTs. And that's kind of okay. how I started, by dropping one at a time from the banned artworks and seeing, you know, a reaction of people, the collectors, because I was starting from zero. I was starting with zero collector base. Like all the all my collectors in real life, my traditional collectors were not in the crypto space. They didn't even have crypto wallets. So I had to start from zero like anybody else uh, with the 30 years of uh, collecting seemingly you know, irrelevant when it came to my NFTs in, in that sense, in the sense of the collectors. Uh, but thankfully... Uh, it went great, doing great. I'm on so many platforms now. I've been onboarded to many uh, platforms. I've been uh, uh, doing really well, new collections. I have three collections out now and uh, a lot of collaborations, a lot of participations. I'm also uh, at NFT NYC in three different galleries currently as we speak. So yeah, exciting stuff. Um, yeah, that's how it started really. Very, very interesting. and. So you started actually from a very much of a business need or a business problem that you had. And then that way it gave you freedom. It gave you, uh, you know, decentralization was able to give you that kind of uh, not financial freedom, but maybe personal freedom. So you can express even on a wider scale and then and, and start. How did you start your, you started one by one without, you didn't have any, any, uh, you know, followers, any people possibly to know you on a global scale. What was yeah. maybe that one winning tip uh, where people, you know, now look at you, follow you, would love to get your work. 
framework and also people can learn more uh, also from this? You know, the one thing I would say is that I am consistent. I am there every single day. I'm active every day. I'm consistent every day. I'm creating almost daily. And I think this is it. And I don't, I don't worry about whether something is going to sell or not. I'm creating for me to express my thoughts and to send a message to society because my work is a message. It's a socio-political message. So for me, it's all about how do I get this message across? I want as many people to hear it as possible. If it sells, fantastic. You know, I'm not a businesswoman. So as a, as a thinker and a creator and an artist, the first thought in my head is, I want this message to be out to as many people as possible. And because I believe in myself and I believe in my work, I think this is really what makes it successful and people are interested because, you know, if you, I know it's a cliche, but if you believe in, in, in your own work and you believe in yourself and your message, other people will as well. Uh, you can't, like a lot of young artists and young emerging artists or beginners in the NFT space, they come to my Twitter space and they ask, how do I get attention? How do I get my work sold? How do I get collectors? And I say, you are asking the wrong questions. It doesn't matter, you know, that's, you're just asking the wrong questions. What you have to focus on is what can I do today to make my work the best it can be? How can I be the best artist or the best creator, the best videographer, the best photographer, the best animator, whatever you do? How can I be the best at what I do? That's what you focus on. And the collectors will come. You can't think of it the other way around. Uh, I love the message because people usually are uh, financiated. That's that's all that they want. Yeah. But I think yeah. now with uh, with uh, the crash of the market, we will see some filtration of those people going away. So we can focus on the quality and on projects and yes. on uh, utilities, values, uh, not exactly. about you know, yeah. making money only. Thank you for saying that. Everybody's talking about the crash, the crash. Well, here's the thing. The market is volatile. That is the nature of any market. It is volatile. And, you know, you have to remember, like, Bitcoin's been around since 2008. Ethereum's been around since 2015. There's, there's always going to be volatility. There's always going to be, um, you know, uh, uh, FOMO. You have to deflect the FOMO. You have to avoid it because at the minute, you know, fear of missing out. The minute people think, oh my gosh, okay, I, now the market is this, so I got to react. The people who are reacting to the market are the people who are not going to be successful. You can't just react. You have to have your own strategy, your own plan. Do your own due diligence. Avoid them and the fake promises and the hype. There's so much hype going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. do your yeah. own research to figure out this is just hype, you know. And a lot of projects, they hype up all the way and by the time you've you've bought into the project they don't deliver on their promises and then you're left okay where's the where are the founders where's the artist where's the team where's the community manager where's the developer they're nowhere to be found they've just disappeared you know i personally i'm i'm bullish on on crypto on nfts on web3 on metaverse uh, web three and web two moving into web five the whole thing i'm totally bullish on it i believe in it um you know, it's good if you accept the fact that it's high risk and you got to be in it for the long term, the long run. If you're in it for the long run and you're okay with the fact that it's high risk, you'll do just fine. Um, 
And, and, and it's, it's just that simple, really. If you're in it just to flip and leave in and out, you may not always be successful. There have been people who have been successful, but the majority have failed at that. It works. It works. But uh, as you mentioned, so yeah. I, I love the message, Shru, uh, and I love I love how you are really taking it and, you know, expressing your own artist now and maybe in a digital aspect also. Uh, so yeah. now how do you... How do you split your, your work? Is it 50 50, 50 physical, 50 uh, digital, or you're always a digital person? Can you tell us more about this? Uh... Well, I mean, obviously, I started out as traditional artist, as an acrylic painter for years and years and years. And uh, when I got these, I moved, I switched using Procreate. And I love Procreate. I don't like to use like other applications because I like the pen, I like that feeling that kinetic sensation that I'm holding something in my hand and I'm moving it. I need that. And so for me, Procreate works perfectly in that sense, you know? Uh, so since I got into NFTs, I've been, all my art has been digital, but right now at the moment, I'm still working in my studio, creating huge acrylic paintings, but at the same time, on a daily basis, I'm working on my NFT collections. The traditional art, it takes a long time. It takes me between one month to three months to finish a painting. So that's going to be a while. Probably it will take me a year to a year and a half to finish my collection for the next show, the next series, which I will not show anywhere in, in the region. I'm probably going to show it either in Barcelona, Berlin, or Paris. I'm in talks with galleries in those three cities. So let's see how that, how that goes. But, the, but I'm really crazy about NFTs right now. I'm really crazy about digital art right now. I'm obsessed with it. It's all I do every day. I love it because it's fast. Uh, I can finish a painting on Procreate in one week, whereas in, in the studio, it takes me up to three Traditional. months. You see the, yeah. the speed, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is some of your work from, from your website. Yeah. You just mentioned that you will be doing your next show outside the Arab region and yeah. uh, going possibly to Spain or some other countries. What's the message in your art as a physical? It doesn't matter. Your art is your art. Is it physical or is it digital? But what's actually well, the I mean, message? I'll, I'll, I'll end there, and then I'll give you uh, two minutes as a, you know to to sum up uh, and tell us your message as a final uh, word. Well, even in digital art, my message is the same. You know, which is that we, as as a region, we need to um, we need to make sure to kind of confront hypocrisy. The hypocrisy we have in our region is really killing us. Corruption is killing us. We have a lot of talents, a lot of creative people, a lot of thinkers. All of them leave the region and they go abroad to other countries. They go to the West because they can flourish there in the West. And that's a shame. That's a big shame. So I'm trying to create opportunities for people in the region. This is one of my main goals now as an established artist. It's my job now to open the door and create opportunities for other artists that I never had when I was in my journey in my younger days, you know? Uh, so that's one thing. Creating opportunities is big. The message is simply to combat hypocrisy, confront hypocrisy, uh, be a little bit more transparent, a little bit more progressive. The fact that you know, being progressive and being open-minded does not take away from the conservatism, tradition, and culture of the Arab world. Just because you you are 
liberal or open-minded or broad-minded or you uh, love diversity and you love inclusion and you are you know truly inclusive and diverse does not take away from you as a conservative traditional person the two are not mutually exclusive that's what i try to say i've got a painting called um painting the roses red and that painting shows a a woman and she's kind of physically lifting the eyes of her child her son who's drinking a juice from KDD, which is a very popular brand in Kuwait. And so in this painting, I'm showing that this conservative religious woman is trying to raise an open-minded son. And I focused on son because we are a patriarchy and the leaders who create all the rules and regulations are the men still. So she's raising an open-minded son to turn into an open-minded boy, even though she is covered and she is religious and she is traditional and conservative. The two are not mutually exclusive. You can be this way and this way. You know, uh, the, the definition of liberal and open-minded is, is, has taken such a bad rap, I think. People think, oh, liberal, open-minded, that must mean it's immoral. No, no, it has nothing to do with morality. You know, absolutely nothing. It's about inclusion, diversity, progression. Um, it's about uh, technology, that sort of thing. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of my message. I love your message. <laughs> uh, it shows that uh, we need we need more. It's not about women. It's not about freedom. It's about you know uh, maybe talking or maybe accepting each other uh, the way we are, yeah. uh, so we can all you know coexist together. We understand exactly. that we're exactly. Uh, in the region where uh, I think uh, even though in Gulf in, in specific, but the rest of the region is really suffering. Was it from wars? Was it from Was it from uh, underdevelopment, uh, lack of yeah. inclusion, or you know, a, lo- a lot of problems where we can really try to uh, uh, spread that that gap? But uh, very interesting, and um, I really, I really, really love it. Uh, thank you, Shuru.